0: Come on, we are in the year of the Bible. And in case this is your first time here, what we're doing is we're following along with the one year Bible, uh, which every day there is a New Testament, an Old Testament, a Psalm, and a Proverb reading. And uh, what we're doing is we're following along with that. So if you're reading every day uh, or every couple of days or every few days, however that looks for you, some sort of diet of the word of God in your life and you're following along with the one your Bible, then every week that you come, we're gonna be looking back at one of those themes or the stories and taking a moment and focusing in on them, and uh, one of the great things about reading the Bible in order is you get a lot of context, and that's something that a lot of people miss. Is it's randomized stories all over the place, right? But whenever you take a moment and you really just read through a story, you're able to really get the whole thing. A lot of times we just open up Proverbs, right? That's a good book. Just open up Proverbs, get you one scripture, and move on. But there's a whole lot more to the Bible than just Proverbs, okay? Uh, although you wouldn't know if it wasn't for—I mean, looking at Instagram, it's just just. I mean those are just one-liners you know what I'm talking about just really quick and to the point but uh, what we're doing today is we're going to take out of a, th- a theme from from the life of Jesus out of the book of John chapter 13 and so that's where, where we're going to be if you got your Bible you can turn there if you got your app you can open that up in Northwood app um, and actually go to I believe the service info guide and and, and look there at the message notes but that's where we're going to be today John chapter 13 and uh, let me ask you a question how many of you are I, I don't have to ask that question we're 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 in America, all of us watch football, okay, right? So, or some sort of sport, <laughs> let's, be, let's be honest. Um, you know, anyway, it happens, it, right now it's, it's actually the finals are starting this week in, in, in NBA, and it happens in basketball, it happens in football, it happens in almost every sport. You know, especially in football, the play gets done, and the linemen, you know, they get done, like, doing what they do, just like bears, just wrestling, you know, they get done, the whistle blows. And a lot of times you'll see this residual thing happen where like two guys are locked and then one kind of like pushes one and then one retaliates and then it kind of builds a little bit. But something amazing happens most of the time in these moments. You've got your initial guy that, that really pushes, that really does something that's very offensive to the other player. And then the other player retaliates. Now, for those, those of you who are professional sports watchers like I am, Who gets the flag? The second guy. The second guy always gets the flag. You watch the replay and you're like, well, of course. I would have done the same thing. But who gets the flag? The dude that retaliated. The guy that came back and pushed the guy. Because it's like the first offense drew everybody's attention. And then the second guy drew the flag. That's just a 15-yard penalty, right? And then the guy that actually did the first thing, he kind of walks off like snickering. You know, he's like, <laughs> you know. meanwhile, this guy's like, come on, man, didn't you see what he did? And, but what happened, the, 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 the retaliation is what drew the foul. And, and that's really true a lot of times in our lives. It's the response to something that takes place in our life determines the result of it, right? Like the response, how we respond to things determines how bad the result is or how good the result is. And today we're talking about forgiveness, And this subject, can I be honest, I believe this is one of the hardest things to do as a Christian. I believe that this right here is is one of the most defining things in our relationship with people and with God is how well we forgive or how we don't forgive. It determines so much. It determines the results of situations. It determines the severity of, of an offense, honestly determines a lot. So we're talking about forgiveness, and we're going to learn from Jesus. I think he's a good person to learn from, right? Jesus. And uh, Jesus was just like us in this fact that he had different layers or levels of relationships and friendships. All of us in this room, we have different, like, circles. And and you have the people that you see in Walmart that you you know their face, but you have no idea who they are. Let's be honest. You're like, oh, man, I know them. I know. Oh, she works at Chick-fil-A. Happens all the time to me. I go to Chick-fil-A a lot. So I'm like, they look familiar. Do they go to church? No, they, they're the drive-thru attendant at Chick-fil-A. and uh, Which, by the way, they are so good, right? I mean, literally, I, it, the only place that the line is wrapped around twice, I still go. And I'm like, it'll only be like five minutes for good, you know? It's just awesome. Anyway. But you got those people, you don't know their name, you don't know their story, you know nothing about them, but yet you just kind of wave and like awkwardly, hey, hey. I hope they don't know my name because I don't know theirs. And, uh, <laughs> but then you've got those people that you know their name, you kind of know a little bit their, about their life, you're an acquaintance, and so you'll stop in Walmart and have a conversation with them, right? And then you got those people that are closer than that, people that you would actually call a friend. Like You know more than just their name, more than just a, a little conversation. I mean, they know you. They kind of know what makes you tick, right? And uh, they laugh at you. So those people that can laugh at you and you don't get mad at them, okay? You know, you let them in a little bit closer. And then you've got those few, not very many people that are in the core of your life. I'm talking people you lean on, people that you trust with anything, like the people that you would trust with your family if you were to leave, right? I'm talking like you, you know that they would take care of everything that you have like it was their own. And you have these different levels. And Jesus had the same exact thing. He had he had the crowd of people that followed him around that he didn't really know their name, unless he, you know, went into Messiah mode and had like a word of knowledge. But uh, he didn't know their name. You know, he didn't really know much about them. But then as you got closer, you had the you know, the the couple of hundred people that he did know that he was kind of walking with consistently. And then it even got closer down to the 12 disciples that he had. But even inside of the 12 disciples, there was a core of guys that he had really close relationships with. And we're picking up the story where Jesus is, it's the Last Supper. Jesus knows what's going on. He's about to be going to the cross. He knows that he's on the way out of his ministry on earth. And he's having this last get together with his disciples. And the Bible actually says that he knows about some guys, like one guy's name is Judas. And many of you know Judas, right? He, he ends up, obviously we know betraying Jesus, but, but Judas is there, Peter is there. All of his disciples, they're all chilling out, having a great time. Jesus does some great things. He washes their feet and and just shows them how to serve properly. He's he's sharing some really deep things, some really heartfelt things. And these are some of his last words. So you know how important they are. But as the night goes on, Jesus had a little something in the back of his mind that he knew what was about to take place. And I like this verse in uh, chapter 13, verse 21. It says... Now, Jesus was deeply troubled and he exclaimed. Now, how many of you have ever been deeply troubled and exclaimed something? That's biblical words for saying he had something like in the back of his mind. He was a little upset and he couldn't hold it in anymore. And he exclaimed. Now, we read the word of God like this. And he exclaimed, I tell you the truth. One of you will betray me. Like this weird, you know, like movie thing. For somebody to be deeply troubled and exclaimed, there was some emotion, there was some passion behind what he's saying right here. He knows what's about to take place. And he says, basically, I can't take it anymore. I got to tell you guys something. I tell you the truth, one of you is going to betray me. Everything in the room changes right there. Everything shifts. He gets very very, very uh, defined, and, he, and at that moment, everybody's like, of course, who? Is it I, Lord? Is it I? You know, they start going in the room, looking at people, like, oh, I figured it'd be him. I mean, I always thought he's always been the weak link in the chain, you know. <laughs> one of you is going to betray me. We go forward to verse 26. Jesus responded, because they're all asking, it is the one to whom I give the bread I dip in the bowl, and when he had dipped it, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. He calls Judas out and he says, you're going to betray me. And if something really strong happens right after that, Jesus says, Judas, go, go do what you got to do. Go and go and finish it. And Judas gets up. And there was this really intense moment where everybody had the reality of, of what was taking place. Judas had betrayed Jesus. He sold him out. And so really as we move forward in the story, Jesus He gets turned on by the crowd. They end up saying, crucify him. His disciples all leave him. His family never really believed him in the first place, most of them. Peter ends up denying that he even knew him. And Judas, like we just said, sold him out. Every single person in Jesus' life betrayed and rejected him, including his father. He had every type of wound and every type of rejection that any of us in this room have experienced. Jesus had it. That's one thing about Jesus that I love because it, it, it doesn't, he's not separated from my feelings. He's not separated from my experience. He knows exactly what I'm in and what I'm going through and where I've been and the same thing for you. Jesus has experienced the rejection and the pain that you have felt. But Jesus responded so well. He responded so well in everything that he did. And this is what he says in verse 34. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should, love, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Those are strong words as well. Based upon how we treat one another is how the world will tell and see and it will be proven that we are truly disciples of Jesus. Forgiveness and loving one another is not an option. It's a command, it's something that we must do. So when it comes to forgiveness, we need to know how to do this well. And and today I wanna make some statements about forgiveness and I wanna make one that's gonna set up the rest of the, the time here we have together. And it's this, forgiveness is less about the other person and more about you, all right? Forgiveness is less about the other person and more about you. Take a moment and think about that. Whenever you forgive someone, whether they are doing what they're supposed to be doing or not, that, that, that doesn't matter. And it doesn't say anything about them and what they did. It actually points right back to you. Big moment. You've got to realize that forgiveness is all your responsibility this morning. First things first. All of this, all of this weight lies upon your shoulders. Here's the first point for today. Forgiveness is a decision we make and a journey we take. Forgiveness is a decision we make and a journey we take. We choose to forgive, all right? We choose to forgive. We think that, how many of you have ever felt like forgiveness is a feeling? Like you wait for that feeling to come and then once that feeling, like I'll get over it and once I'm over it, then I'll forgive. Do you know that that's putting the cart before the horse? That's actually out of order. Forgiveness is a decision that you make where you say, I'm gonna forgive that person for what they did to me. It's not a feeling, but it's also a journey. It's it's not saying what the person did was okay, which I think is is something that we really get caught up on a lot. If somebody comes to you and said, hey man, I'm so sorry for this, would you forgive me? A lot of times we say, man, it's okay. And if I can't say, man, it's okay, then I don't feel like I can truly forgive. It's not based upon whether you can say, hey, it's okay. Because if I could say it's okay, I've already forgiven and I'm already over it. That's why it's okay. But what if I'm not over it? It's not okay. And you know what? Some of you in this room, let's just kind of cut to the chase. Some of you have been hurt extremely deeply, very, very deeply. And what was done to you was not okay and it never will be okay. Something was taken from you that can never be put back. You were broken and damaged. And so it's not okay. And so when we talk about forgiveness, this isn't a flippant subject. This is a subject that carries a lot of weight and a lot of pain. Because some of us have been lied about, maybe misused a little bit, and and some of us have been cheated on. Our trust has been broken. And others, it's been some of the most extensive damage that can be done to someone. Maybe you were abused physically. The stats are, are actually overwhelming at how many people have been physically, emotionally, and, and sexually abused in their life. In this room, we'd be just naive to think that there's not a lot of you who have experienced that. We'd be just denying the truth. And so this subject here, It's very deep, it's very personal. And the enemy has traps woven into these pains and into these hurts, because forgiveness actually has a lot to do with you. Forgiveness isn't healing, by the way, but it paves the way for healing. You need to hear that, because some of you think that whenever you forgive, you're supposed to feel healing immediately and feel restored, and that's not the case. It paves the way for healing. Healing to where one day you can think about that person and think about that situation because you're not going to forget it, by the way. Forgive and forget, it's a lie. You'll always remember, all right? You'll remember it. But forgive to a place and be healed to a place where you can think about that person and not feel anger and rage or extreme depression and, and sadness. That's where healing's at. That's the first thing. Forgiveness is a decision we make and a journey we take. Number two, our response to offense shows our understanding of forgiveness. This is a big thought. Our response to whenever we are offended or hurt shows our understanding of forgiveness. You see, a lot of times if we forget that if we don't forgive, that God cannot forgive us. That's in the Bible. It's in the Bible, in the book of Matthew. If we don't forgive, God cannot forgive us. This is a big deal. If we can't release those people in those situations and release that bitterness, God cannot do the same to us. And many times it's because we've forgotten how much we have been forgiven. See, we think that because we have begun to act good that somehow that's, that makes everything okay. No, we are still saved by grace, by the forgiveness of God. And so it, it's been given to us. We must give it to others. It shows a lot about us. But here are some wrong responses whenever we get offended. Here are some of the wrong responses that we had. Number one is control. We, 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 we begin to control people or control situations. We manipulate people. Happens a lot in marriages. One of the spouses makes a big mistake. Really messes up. And from that time forward, it's all about making up. It's all about trying to add back up to, you know what I'm saying? Get even. And, and they can never get even. Why? Because the other party is, is like holding it over their head. Anytime they try to, to do something, it's like, yeah, but you, you remember what you did. You know what I'm talking about? It takes control. And sometimes it's something simple, you know, like maybe you're just terrible at taking out the trash, right? And it's just something menial. But you guys know that kind of how we treat those menial things, a lot of times we transfer to the big things. And a lot of times it's, there's been uh, infidelity and, and all of a sudden that person can never make it up again. And they live the next 20 years just trying to appease the other party. We take control. We manipulate. And another, another thing, and this is probably where a lot of us are, is revenge. We want to take revenge. Am I right? Nope. No, yeah, obviously we do. We have this mindset of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Like, like, if you got over on me, that I am gonna, I gotta get even. I gotta retaliate. We know what the Bible says, but we don't like what the Bible says. Right? I think it's why we connect with movies so much. Like in the beginning of the movie, the person, you know, like somebody gets killed, something negative happens, and the whole rest of the movie, what are you waiting for? You're waiting for that villain or whoever it was to get payback. And whenever it happens, you're like, yes! Hmm. The end. I don't care to see how the rest of it ends. This is fine. The rest is just the credits, man. Because we have this revenge thing inside of us. There's retaliation. We love to retaliate. It's okay if we're watching a movie, I guess, but it's not okay in our life. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 in the message says this, go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Oh, that would be a big one. <laughs> you can be angry, we're gonna get angry. I think it's weird if somebody never gets angry because it means that, I don't know, it's weird, It's strange. It's like, do you care about anything, you know? Some anger, but don't stay angry. angry. And don't use it as fuel for revenge. Don't go to bed angry. That's for all the spouses. Just take it. Just take it. Don't go to bed angry. I don't know. Sometimes I think it's good just to shut your mouth and go to bed. I'm be honest. <laughs> There's been times where it's like, okay, it's 1130, 12 o'clock. We're still talking about it. <sighs> you know, we're going to bed. I'm not angry. Just upset. <laughs> It's a downgrade. It's okay. (laughs) Still in the word of God. Still good. (laughs) But here's the last statement. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. And I think that's really an important statement. Don't let the devil have a foothold in your life because of anger and unforgiveness. It's almost like, don't let that happen, guys. It's It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth the revenge. It's not worth controlling. It's not worth adjusting your whole life for these things. But I think the next thing that we do, a lot of us, is we avoid it. We get damaged. We get hurt. And instead of dealing with it, we avoid it. We sweep it under the rug, right? Just, just, just hide it. If I don't talk about it, then it doesn't exist. It does exist. It did happen, don't avoid it. Being passive, especially in our country, it looks so noble sometimes. Like something takes place and you just ignore it, you don't say anything about it, you just like smile through it. And it it seems so noble and sometimes it is, it's good to keep your mouth shut about certain things. But you know what, whenever you get hurt, if you avoid it, it's still there. I was kind of thinking about, you know, think about like a pond, and at the bottom of the pond, the water obviously there's not a lot of flow happening. And so it's just setting there. And obviously a lot of the mud, the dirt, everything that, that falls in it just kind of settles to the bottom. And if you're looking at the pond, you can it kind of looks like there's some clear water. Like if you if you actually take a cup of water out of it, you'll be able to see through it. It it's pretty clean. But what happens whenever you drop something in it or you step in it, what happens? It just it all comes up and then you realize it's not that clean. All right, it's nasty. It's dirty water. And you guys know that is a picture of our heart. When things happen and it's not dealt with, it settles in us and it rests in us. And then we begin to operate like it's not there because we can't see it. But then something else takes place, something else drops in the water of our heart and the pond of our heart or somebody comes and steps in that mud and it It just, it drudges it all up but we see it and we feel all these emotions that we didn't know that we had. Why? Because we have, we've been avoiding things and everybody's personality has different things that some of us avoid it. Some of us, you know, tackle things. I mean, these, these wrong responses is kind of covering all of them, but you know, when it comes down to it, it's all wrong. It's wrong. Don't avoid those things. Don't ignore those things because there's, they, they are there. Like what happened to you happened to you. It, it, it happened. By ignoring it does not make it go away. It just means you're not dealing with it. And the result of a lot of these, really all of these is this. We end up in bondage. We end up in bondage. Okay, a lot of you, like I said earlier you, you've you 've really been damaged in your life it's been a rough it's been a rough go at it and and you're you're holding things in your heart and in your life and I want to make a statement that's really it kind of sets the bar up a little bit, but it's something that you've got to hear it 's this if you don't grow from the pain, you'll become a slave to it if you don't grow if All of us do not grow from the pain that we endure. We become attached to it. We become a slave to it. We become in bondage to it. And we never walk away from it. Some of you know people like that. They're up in years and something happened when they were 20. And they still talk about it 40, 50, 60 years later like it happened yesterday. What happened? Their growth capped right there their growth emotionally, their growth relationally. If someone gets hurt relationally and they never grow from that and heal from that, they will never be able to trust someone again. Not, not truly trust them. And so now they're in bondage to this thing. You know what, it's, it's unfair, it's unfortunate because it's not your fault. Like you didn't do anything to deserve that, but it was the card that was dealt to you. It happened. It happened. Don't avoid it because if you avoid it and you don't grow from it, you'll be enslaved to it. We are set free whenever we set other people free. Some of you today are going to get set free. I'm talking, you're going to feel something that you haven't felt in a long time. You're going to feel some joy. You're going to feel like a weight's going to come off your chest because you've been carrying unforgiveness for somebody for a long time because this is the last statement because of this. We are most like Jesus when we forgive those that don't deserve it. That's what I was saying earlier. I believe forgiveness is one of the most difficult things to do, but I think it's one of the most Christ-like things to do. Whenever we can truly look at somebody in the face who doesn't deserve us to give them anything kind or considerate because they haven't given that to us, whenever we look at them in the face and we forgive them, We truly release them, not that we feel it, and not that it's truly okay and and we're completely healed. But whenever we can swallow our pride and swallow that pain and say, I forgive you. I believe at that moment, we have entered into a new place in our relationship with God. And we are a great example of Jesus. Because that's what Jesus did. When Jesus hung on the cross, what did he say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He looked past the, the, the circumstance at the moment and he saw eternity and he said, the pain that I'm enduring right now and the things that I've gone through, it's not worth me holding on to. And, and I really, I, I want you to receive this. Maybe you didn't come to church today thinking that we were going to be talking about such a serious topic and you weren't prepared to have to confront some things in your life, but you realize that, yeah, that's me. I've been holding on to some things. And again, it could be simple things. It could be small things. Some of you have not had gigantic offenses that have been done to you, but you're operating in your life with all these small little offenses and you're not letting things go. And you know, those things begin to accumulate and bitterness begins to grow inside of you. And although you can't hang your hat on one thing that happened, you're just dealing with the same effects that someone who had one big thing happen. It's residual. Why? Because forgiveness is for those big things and it's for the small things. We are most like Jesus whenever we forgive those that don't deserve it. Psalm three ten says, he does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. He doesn't, he forgives us. His love is consistent and his love is there because forgiveness is the purest form of love. And so with all this said, I think that we need to answer a couple of questions. One question, how do I forgive? Because I think some of you are sitting there and it's like, okay, that sounds really good. Sounds great. How do I forgive? Well, two easy steps. Number one, make a choice to forgive. And some of you, you might think that this is kind of like just wordplay and just make a choice to forgive. Okay, I choose to forgive, right? I mean, we're so inundated with, with self-help books and, and psychological stuff and blah, 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 and positive this and that. And, and, and so it's just one more thing. But think about it for a second. When you make a choice to forgive, how many times whenever you make a choice to do something, you finally commit to it, you follow through with it. When you make a choice to do something and you speak it out, and even though you don't feel it, you say, I know that this is right, something shifts in your heart. Something changes. Something changes. But there actually is, like, studies on this, studies on it, and it's true. The first step in truly being released from somebody or something is to make a choice and say the words, I forgive them. We do something called LIFE groups, life groups. And it's, a, it's, it's, right, it's been about 12 weeks, and at the end of the 12 weeks, we have a retreat. And we actually just had that a couple of weeks ago. Many of you were in that. And there's a lot that deals with forgiveness and letting people go. And we have people that line up in the front and they stand there in place of someone who has hurt that person, like in proxy. And whenever people come up at first, it's kind of like, this is weird. It's kind of strange, you know, you know, but something amazing happens whenever you truly sit in that moment and you you picture that person, you picture that situation and you say, I forgive you. I'm telling you, the enemy is broken in that moment. The backbone of that offense and that bitterness is broken. It's amazing. Why? Because it's biblical. It's biblical. And today, many of you, you gotta make a choice to forgive. You gotta make a choice to forgive. Second thing is you make a choice to be forgiven. I believe some of you, Uh, you need to forgive yourself for some stuff. Those of you who, whenever you make a mistake, you stand there for 15 minutes and you're like, you're an idiot. You're so stupid, you know? And and if you pull out in front of someone in traffic, that's one thing. That was kind of dumb, all right? (laughs) But whenever you begin to say that to yourself over and over, why is it any different than whenever you say it to somebody that's standing in front of you? It's the same thing. You keep calling yourself stupid, maybe because you heard your daddy call you stupid your whole life, and you just keep doing that and see where that leads you. It's going to lead you down the same curse, down the same path that you've been in. Why? Because you have some sort of weird thing happening where you are not living in forgiveness with the mistakes that you've made in your past. Living with unforgiveness with yourself. I believe it's true. I believe it's something that's legitimate and something that it's a trap you get stuck in. And the second thing is you have to be forgiven by God. You have to be forgiven by God. You have to humble yourself and realize that you are worthy enough by the blood of Jesus to be forgiven by a perfect God. He loves you. He's for you. He's with you. And the great thing is all you have to do is call on him. Psalms, Psalm 86, five says this, You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. It's the last thing I want to say is that you are worth God's forgiveness today. No matter the story that you have, no matter how bad it's been, God's grace is sufficient for you. His love is here for you and His forgiveness is here for you because God wants to see you live a life of joy and freedom. Not to be chained to something that happened whenever you were younger. It's not worth it. Don't let The devil have that foothold in your life. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I know today was very intense, but you know, there's a lot of intense situations in this room right now. There's a lot of intense stories. And there's a lot of areas that need to be forgiven today. And the first area that we want to pray about are those of you in this room who you know that you are living a life that's separate from God. You know you're living a life that is not pleasing to God and you're feeling a tug of war in your heart right now. It's called conviction. It says, it's basically telling you that you've been missing the mark and that today there needs to be a change in your life and you need to realize that the forgiveness of God that you've been been searching for is just one call away like the scripture just said call upon the name of the Lord and be saved and I want to give you that opportunity I'm not going to bring it to the front embarrass you do anything awkward like that but I do want you to do one thing in a moment I want you to raise your hand because there's something about admitting saying God that's me if you're in this place today and you need to be forgiven by God you want to commit your life to him would you go ahead right now and raise your hand I just want to pray with you come on right here all over the room Yes, I see you. Come on, all over the place. Who else? Come on, raise it high. I see you over here to the left. Right here in the middle. Right here over the side. Come on, the enemy has had a foothold in your life long enough. And today's salvation, the free gift of salvation is being offered to you. And it breaks the back of that of that mindset. Anybody else? Right here on the side, I see you. Come on, what we're gonna do is I'm gonna pray. And as I pray, I want you to, to, to just pray to your God. You don't have to repeat the words after me. But just submit your heart to God. and Let God forgive you. Father, I come before you right now, humbly, broken, God, you know the life that I've been living. You know the thoughts and the prayers that I've been having and praying. And God, right now, God, I ask for your forgiveness for this sin that I've been living in. God, for the, just the unrepentant lifestyle that I've been engaging. And God, I know it's been contrary to what you want for me. It's contrary to the best that you have for me. And right now, God, I just break before you. I give you my successes and my failures. And God, I ask that you would. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my mistakes. And right now I turn from that unrighteous living. I turn from those things. I repent and I come after you with all that I have. God, would you change me from the inside out? Release me, forgive me. I repent in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's just keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed right now because I also wanna pray For all of you in this room right now who are dealing with unforgiveness, this is a very pivotal thing in your life, believe me. Unforgiveness leads to bitterness and it does not just stay internal, it will affect everything in your life, including your physical body. The plan of the enemy is to kill, steal, and destroy everything that you have and everything that you will be unless you step in by the power of God Stand upon his word and his truth, and forgive. And right now, I want you to picture that situation, picture that person, picture those people. Come on, they've pushed you around, they lied about you. Maybe you were the one that instigated it, and maybe you haven't forgiven yourself. Some of you, you've endured years of abuse, emotionally and physically, and right now, It's time for the foothold that the devil has had in your life to be removed. It's time for the anger and the bitterness to be released. And it's time for forgiveness to come and for healing to begin to take place. So right now, I want you to begin to picture that person, picture that situation. And as we pray, release it. At some point in this prayer, I want you to say, I forgive you. Let's pray. God, we are coming before you asking for your help. We're calling upon you for all of our lives. God, for those situations that have taken place that were out of our control, that we didn't deserve, that were unfair, where we were treated wrongly. God, we are offering this to you right now. You see it, you know it. And God, we are speaking to that situation right now. We are speaking forgiveness. We are speaking healing. We forgive those people right now. We forgive that wrongdoing. We forgive that abuse because we can't handle it. We give it to you, God. Would you release us from the bondage, release us from the wrong responses. And God, let us walk out of this place on a new journey, a journey that emulates you, a journey that reflects your forgiveness, your wholeness. God, you have called us to be complete, made whole in your image. So God, we desire that. So God, as we sit here, all of us saved, filled with your spirit, led by your spirit, we receive your forgiveness and we commit to giving your forgiveness, forgiving those consistently that hurt us. We release it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Come on, I believe God did some powerful things in the room today. And like I said, forgiveness is a journey that you take. It's a decision that you make. Some of you made a decision right now. And look, as you go out from this place, some of you may need to call that person up. It might be one of those situations where you need to call them up and say, hey man, I've been holding something against you for a long time and I wanna ask you to forgive me. It's my fault, I've been wrong. I don't care what they did. Don't ask for them to reciprocate some sort of, I'm sorry, don't wait for that. Because that's what, forgiveness is not based on that at all. You just give forgiveness freely. Why? Because you've been been forgiven freely. Amen. Yeah, I think it'd be good. Thank you, God.
1: If you just made that decision, let me be the first to say congratulations. The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God, and we'd love to help you with your next few steps. If you'll text the word SAVED to 51660, we wanna send you a link to our website that'll explain a little more about the decision you just made and give you some steps to take so that you can grow in your new relationship with God. We're one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and in Long Beach, Mississippi. If you're in one of those areas, we'd love to see you at one of our live services. You can visit our website, northwood.tv, for service times and directions. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do that online as well. Just go to northwood.tv give, or you can text the amount you'd like to give to 228-215-3421. Again, that's 228-215-3421. Standard data rates and text charges may apply. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time.